Hello and welcome to episode 6 of season 2 of the Stocks and Savings podcast. I'm Andrea. I'm Jamie. And today we're going to talk about how to analyze a potential investment. In order to demonstrate this, we'll be talking through our personal investment thesis for Tesla and everything we look at before deciding whether or not to invest in a company. As a disclaimer, remember that nothing in this podcast should be treated as financial advice. This is for educational purposes only. Always do your own research and apply your own judgment when making a financial decision. Yeah, and I think this episode is really one where we should echo that disclaimer because obviously we're going to be talking through an investment thesis in Tesla. This is our personal one. And the last thing that we want is for anyone to listen to this podcast and then think that they should run out and buy shares in Tesla or do the exact opposite. The reason we're doing this is more to just show you our process, what we look at when it comes to investing in a company. But this is just our approach and there are plenty of different ways to approach investing in individual companies. Okay, well, do you want to get started? Yes. And the first thing that is important to do when you're looking to invest in a company is actually get a bit of understanding about what that company does. Obviously, with Tesla, it's a little bit easier because it's actually a very well-known company. And I think people know how cars are made or have a rough idea of, of what goes into doing that. In terms of resources, and this will help with the entire investment thesis or you know, this will help with all your research, one of the best places to go is to a company's investor relations website. And then they may have stuff like their quarterly results, which will either be like press releases or Word documents, or if you're lucky, a presentation, because that makes things a lot easier to understand. But when it comes to companies such as Tesla, which are American, two of the most useful things are their SEC filings, their quarterly SEC filings. So that's either a 10K or a 10Q. And this is basically a detailed form. And there's a section in that called Business Overview, where it outlines what the company does. And this is published on an annual or a quarterly basis. Yeah, but if I'm honest, those filings are usually pretty dry. So it's much easier if you find a presentation, you know, a nice PowerPoint with figures and graphs. Agreed. Those documents can definitely be quite overwhelming as well, I would say. Like there's a lot of information in it, but there's only really a few segments that are that useful as kind of like an individual investor. So with that in mind, what is the overview of Tesla? Tesla has pioneered electric vehicle technology since it started almost 20 years ago. And the company appears to have reached an inflection point over the past five years, moving from the brink of bankruptcy in 2018 to a $600 billion company in 2022. Tesla is primarily an automotive company right now, and it has four car models. Model S, a four-door high-performance sedan. Model 3, a four-door mid-size sedan designed for the mass market. Model X, a mid-size high-performance SUV. And Model Y, a company SUV built on the Model 3 platform. The rollout of Tesla's Model 3 helped transform the business over the past five years. Its mass market appeal and more affordable price points certainly turned Tesla from an up-and-coming EV company to a genuine automotive business. Out of the 344,000 vehicles that Tesla delivered in its latest quarter, almost 95% of them were either a Model 3 or a Model Y. Tesla also offers additional products for energy generation and storage. These include Powerwall, a lithium-ion battery storage product designed for a home, Megapack, an energy storage solution for much larger facilities, and Solar Roof, which is, well, I mean, it's, it's a solar-powered roof. The company has also invested a significant amount into vertical integration and additional solutions, including, but not limited to, 
in-house developed battery and powertrain technology, self-driving technologies with offerings such as autopilot and full self-driving, a network of Tesla superchargers which offer high-speed EV, which stands for electric vehicle, charging for Tesla owners, a direct-to-consumer sales approach through its website and an international network of company-owned stores rather than going down a traditional kind of car dealership model, and an insurance product which was launched in California in 2019 and has since expanded into more and more states. Now, it would be possible to do a dedicated analysis on every single one of these additional streams that Tesla has, but we don't want to talk your ears off for hours. These streams are even before considering the future products that Tesla could offer, such as the Cybertruck, a potential network of autonomously driven robo-taxis, and Elon Musk's old favorite toy, the Optimus Robot. As we know, his new favorite toy is Twitter. While some of the ideas may fail or never become as successful as first hoped, there is something here that we look for in any investment. Optionality. This simply refers to having lots of options available to choose that are not obligatory. When it comes to investing, we look for companies that have several different paths to success, such that if one of these products succeeds, the company could exceed expectations. I mean, clearly Tesla has this in abundance. If just one of its other avenues takes off, like full self-driving or robo-taxes or its solar energy and storage business, then it would boost the company immensely. This is more to do with our personal approach to investing. Some others may prefer predictable businesses, which have their own benefits, but do not have something like optionality embedded into them. Since we generally invest in high-growth, disruptive technologies, we do like to see companies trying out all sorts of different things. And Tesla certainly does that. So after the business overview, the next thing we look at is economic moats, which are essentially durable competitive advantages that will help a company continue to thrive whilst protecting itself from the competition. So going to Tesla, and the first moat worth highlighting is the network effect. Its vehicles are substantially more technologically advanced and interconnected than those of the incumbent manufacturers. And as a result, Tesla is able to generate a wealth of data from every mile that is driven with its vehicles. This has given them a lead in autonomous driving, as the company has been able to analyze the ever-growing masses of data received from its full self-driving beta programs, which is basically where some Tesla drivers are allowed to use its full self-driving or autonomous driving technologies as part of like a trial. And then Tesla can analyze this real-world data to help iterate and roll out improved versions. Tesla is still yet to completely crack full self-driving, but once or if it does, it will be transformational for both the company and the world. In fact, CEO Musk said the following in Tesla's latest earnings call. And Andrea, I'll let you do the voice of Elon. So Elon said the following. This quarter, we expect to go to a wide release of full self-driving beta in North America. So anyone who has ordered a full self-driving beta will have access to the FSD beta program this year, probably about a month from now. So anyone who buys a car and purchases a full self-driving option will immediately have that available to them. The safety that we're seeing when a car is in full self-driving mode is actually significantly greater than the safety we're seeing when it is not, which is a key threshold for going to a white beta. We're expecting to release the full self-driving software to anyone who orders the package by the end of this year. So a separate matter is if it will have regulatory approval. It won't have regulatory approval at that time, but the car will be able to take you from your home to work, your friend's house, to the grocery store without you touching the wheel. So it's looking very good. Thanks, Elon. 
So Musk thinks that full self-driving will be achieved this year. The problem is that Tesla investors have been here before. So you really should approach any promise and timeline made by Elon Musk with a huge pinch of salt. However, just looking at what they've been reporting, the miles that's been driven through their full self-driving beta programs, it does look really promising. And you know, I am I am quietly optimistic that this could actually be the time that they've managed to crack it. Anyway, if we circle on back to that economic mo, the amount of data that Tesla has been able to obtain for full self-driving is unmatched by competitors. And the network effect is this. More data leads to improved full self-driving. Improved full self-driving leads to more customers buying Teslas and using full self-driving. More customers using full self-driving results in more data. And more data leads to improved full self-driving. And you can see how that is a circle that will just help Tesla get better and better and better when it comes to this full self-driving, to this you know, autonomous driving. And that is a powerful network effect. Humans have been trying to crack autonomous driving for a long time, but this network effect may well provide the best opportunity yet. And as far as we're aware, no competitor comes close enough in terms of these real-world, on-the-road miles. Another network effect that I think is more realistic and sometimes overlooked is Tesla's insurance, probably because it's not as exciting as the idea of your car driving you around everywhere. Yet, it has a very similar story to the one that we've just looked at. Tesla has a very connected network of cars with tons of data available, and this should allow them to offer data-driven insurance to customers, which ends up being increasingly accurate as Tesla's network of cars grow. So the more cars you have, the more data you have, the more data you have, the better insurance you can offer, and the better insurance you can offer, the more customers that will take up your product, and it just makes it more and more attractive as time goes on. Tesla also benefits from some switching costs, but these have gotten notably weaker this year. It was driven by their network of superchargers, which are Tesla's own super-fast electric vehicle charging stations. The company has worked hard to build out its network and ensure that Tesla drivers can access these superchargers easily. But originally, these were only available for Tesla drivers. This would clearly be a switching cost, but Tesla decided earlier this year to open up its network of superchargers in the United States to non-Tesla EVs. While this reduces Tesla's competitive advantage, I think it was always going to be eroded away over time as electric vehicle adoption increases. So perhaps by opening up its charging stations, Tesla is trying to get ahead of the curve? Either way, even if it reduces switching costs, it would give Tesla a huge advantage when it comes to the electric vehicle charging infrastructure. In fact, Goldman Sachs believed that Tesla could make more than $25 billion in annual revenue by opening up its charging network. So it's certainly not all bad news. Tesla also has the benefit of low cost production, meaning that they can benefit from lower costs of inputs for their products compared to competitors. And this is driven by their vertical integration on battery technology, which means they manufacture their own battery technology in-house rather than getting it from a supplier, their direct-to-consumer sales approach, and the ultra-efficient gigafactories that they're building. In fact, a view of Tesla's operating margin compared to the incumbent manufacturers is quite incredible, particularly when you consider that Tesla continues to be less well-established and probably has even more room to expand these margins, particularly with the potential for additional software offerings. Now, just to bust a little bit of jargon, Operating margin measures the percentage of total revenue that a company keeps as operating profit, i.e. profit from doing, well, what the business does. The difference between operating profit and net profit 
is that net profit includes the cost of interest and tax payments. So these are costs that the business has to incur, but they're not necessarily related to the operations of the business. So it's a bit harsh to judge business performance on the amount of tax or interest that it pays. In its latest quarter, Tesla produced an operating margin of 17.2% and an operating profit of just under $3.7 billion. Compare this to the rest of the auto industry, which had an average operating profit of below 9%, according to Tesla's Q3 investor presentation. The final economic mode that Tesla deserves credit for is its brand, and I don't think many people can argue with this. According to the annual Kantar Brand Z Global Report, Tesla has the highest brand value of any car manufacturer. According to the report, Tesla tops the list with a brand value of just under $76 billion, with its closest competitor being Toyota in second place with a brand value of $33.1 billion, or less than half of Tesla's brand value, which is amazing. (laughs) This is one of the many reasons that Tesla is able to charge a premium price and achieve industry-leading margins, even though it is still a company that's growing and should be able to further improve these margins over time. So all in all, these are several powerful economic modes that should help Tesla protect itself from the ever-emerging competition. So we understand what the business does and we've had a look at some of its competitive advantages. But investing is a forward-looking game and so it's important to understand whether or not the outlook for the company looks bright or could be problematic. Well, to be honest, it's pretty difficult to put an exact number on the potential opportunity ahead for Tesla, particularly if the company succeeds with its full self-driving, the robo-taxi network or even the Optimus robot. Any of these individual items could open up markets worth hundreds of billions of dollars. So very hard to put your finger on. I just think that all any shareholder needs to know is that the opportunity is huge and it's only going to get bigger. I mean, if we take a step back and focus solely on the electric vehicle market, the opportunity there remains fast growing and enormous. According to facts and factors, the global electric vehicle market is expected to grow from a size of $185 billion in 2021 to $980 billion by 2028, implying a compound annual growth rate of 24.5% over that period with Tesla leading the charge. Very funny. Get it? Leading the charge. (laughs) EV banter. Much banter. (laughs) Very humor. Thank you. That's that's what everyone comes to the podcast for. (laughs) All the jokes. When it comes to fast-paced, innovative companies, we always aim to find founder-led businesses where inside ownership is high. Well, they come for the jokes and the really smooth segues. (laughs) So I'll start by highlighting that even though Elon Musk is not the founder of Tesla, he certainly has his heart and soul in the business. If he walks like a founder and talks like a founder, I'm more than happy to consider Elon Musk a founder. I also want to invest in companies where leadership has skin in the game, and Mr. Musk has this in abundance. As of March 2022, Elon Musk owned approximately 25% of all shares in Tesla. Considering this is a company worth over $600 billion, it's clear to see why he's the richest person in the world. We also like to take a quick look on Glassdoor to get an idea about the culture of the company, and Tesla gets somewhat underwhelming scores from the 7,900 reviews left by employees. So any score above 4 is impressive, and Tesla fails to obtain this in any category. The score is particularly low on work-life balance, which probably isn't a surprise to anyone. While Elon Musk has undoubtedly driven the world forward with some of his companies, he also has a reputation of being tough to work for. 
he has incredibly high expectations from himself and those around him. Unfortunately, this appears to have led to a culture within Tesla that I would not be too happy with as a shareholder. No, that's certainly something that would concern me a little bit is that perhaps Musk has a habit of just burning his employees into the ground. And whilst they are undeniably doing some extremely exciting things and you know making breakthroughs that other companies have struggled with, you do have to wonder if it could all come crashing down at some point. To be fair, I think that Steve Jobs had this reputation as well. And look at Apple now. Very true. Well, and during his tenure. And actually, quite interestingly, we'll get to uh, we'll get to the risks section a little bit later on. But one of the risks associated with Tesla is Elon Musk in a couple of senses. The first risk is the fact that he's you know he's he's a bit of a loose cannon, so you don't necessarily know what he's going to do as CEO of Tesla. And then, ironically, the other risk is what happens to Tesla if Elon Musk leaves. <laughs> I mean. That was obviously one of the risks with Apple when when Steve Jobs sadly passed away was how can the company succeed because it felt like Steve Jobs was the company. And obviously Tim Apple has done a great job of taking over. Seriously? <laughs> Sorry. Tim Apple. Tim Cook has Thank done you. a great <laughs> Tim Cook has done a great job of taking over the company over the last decade. And the question is whether or not someone could do the same if Elon Musk were to leave Tesla. But yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later on. In terms of management, I mean, one of the biggest things to note here is that Elon Musk has so much of his personal wealth tied to Tesla that he is going to be extremely driven to make sure it succeeds, not only for the business, but for shareholders as well, because, hey, he's the biggest one. And now on to the most fun part of this analysis financials Woohoo! let's talk money <laughs> pretty sure that's the name of another podcast let's talk money i don't know it sounds like it could be it sounds like it could be if there yeah. isn't a let's talk money podcast <laughs> then there should be let's know if you want heard to it here first <laughs> let's know if we should rename our podcast to let's talk money but yeah anyway let's talk money with tesla that's a great name as well well let's talk money with tesla <laughs> yeah because every episode is an updated investment thesis on tesla Maybe, or an updated thing of like, you know, what Elon Musk has done oh, now. I, I, don't think, I don't think that'd be good for our mental health, no. having to keep up with all of that. I think that. that won't be good for anyone's mental health. I guess we'll stick to stocks and savings for now. But we will have to talk about the financials because that is obviously a very important thing to look at if you're thinking about investing in a company. Now, Tesla's financial profile over the last few years is something of a turnaround story, and we'll start with their balance sheet. Back in 2018, the company had almost three times as much debt as it had cash. But if you fast forward to late 2022, and this has completely changed. As of Q3 this year, Tesla had $21.1 billion in cash and cash equivalents with just $2.4 billion in debt, giving it an incredibly strong net cash position of $18.7 billion, which means it will be able to withstand, well, pretty much any shock. Who remembers when Tesla had invested its cash into Bitcoin? <laughs> Did it ever invest into Dogecoin? I don't know, but I know they were basically holding Bitcoin instead of cash about... Two years ago, I don't know, time passes by really weirdly or like has passed by really weirdly in the last two, three years. Very true. Yeah, no, they did. They held Bitcoin for a while and I'm pretty sure they've sold it. I think they were forced to just because it had fallen so much in value that 
they probably just had to sell it and, I don't know, recognize an impairment or something. No, actually, because it wasn't an asset. Anyway, they had to sell it, probably. Dearie me. Uh, oh, well. Maybe we should do an episode on the demise of crypto. But for now, we will focus on Tesla. And thankfully, Tesla's lack of focus on Bitcoin, at least for now. A reason why this matters to have more cash than debt is especially because we're going into a recession. So companies will be under pressure in order to meet their potential obligations. So like interest on debt, but also pay salaries for their employees, pay their suppliers and so on. So this is a very good sign from Tesla. It means that it, it can sustain these obligations and these pressures into the years to come that are probably going to be quite difficult for businesses as a whole. Exactly. If Tesla's sales do get hit and its revenues fall, then you'll probably see its margins come down and the company could start to lose money, potentially. But even if the company burns $1 billion in cash a year, which is an unlikely scenario, but you know, could happen, well, it has a net cash position of $18.7 billion. So fine, the company might take some hits, but it's in an extremely strong financial position and it's unlikely to get hit so hard that the company goes back to the brink of bankruptcy. If we go, into- we hope so anyway, as shareholders. <laughs> exactly, we do. But one question is, how has Tesla managed to flip its cash position to have now so much more cash than debt? Well, the company has been able to ramp up sales over the last few years and bring in a substantial amount of cash to the business to help shore up this balance sheet. And it's also raised funds through offering additional shares to shareholders. The bankruptcy risk to Tesla around 2018 was well documented, but clearly now is a company in an extremely robust financial position that will serve it well in the future. So well documented that I think Michael Burry the guy from The Big Short, if anyone has watched the movie, had taken a huge short position on Tesla, which means that it bet against the company or it bet it would go bankrupt. Basically. Yeah, it, it bet the Tesla share price would go down, kind of like the opposite of what, every, what we do when we invest. Which has happened more recently in 2022. But at the time, it didn't happen. So he was actually forced to close out his position because Tesla was delivering quarter after quarter. And somehow managing to stay afloat. And it must have been quite painful because over the last five years, Tesla shares have increased by 801% at the time of recording. So yeah, not not a great time to have a short position in Tesla. But back to financials. (laughs) I wonder why... I always go on a tangent when we're talking about this. Hmm. You're an accountant. This is what you live for. I mean, we're both accountants. This is what we both live for. Well, yeah, I did quit my job as an accountant like two months ago in order to focus on financial education. But hey ho. Now we're just focusing on the financials. Tesla has also continued to grow its revenue rapidly, achieving growth of 60% over the past 12 months, having brought in just under $75 billion worth of revenue. Perhaps the most impressive aspect of Tesla's financial performance is just how much margins have expanded. Operating margins have grown from negative 1% in 2018 to 17% over the past 12 months, with the company's free cash flow margin growing again from minus 1% in 2018 to 12% over the past 12 months as Tesla has moved from a cash burner to a cash earner, bringing in $8.9 billion worth of cash over the past 12 months. I think it's quite incredible just how dramatic a turnaround this has been, from the brink of bankruptcy to a cash-generating machine in just a few years. 
So if there's something to remember from this section of analyzing financials, it's just that, that it's been a remarkable turnaround in the span of five years and much more than, you know, all the numbers and the cash and the debt position and all of that. Tesla is now a company with sound financials, which is always good to see (laughs) from the companies you invest in. Exactly. And it certainly wasn't always the case. Okay. So we went through the business overview, the competitive advantages, management, financials, and we're now at valuation. As with all high growth, innovative companies, valuation is tough. And for a company who believes their future products to be life-changing, it is even more difficult. We believe that our approach will give us an idea about whether Tesla is insanely overvalued or undervalued, but valuation is the final thing we look at. The quality of the business itself is far more important in the long run, at least in our opinion. Yeah, and now valuing Tesla is a very difficult thing to do. And valuation models are generally put on Excel spreadsheets and harder to talk about over a podcast. For reference, we actually have a screenshot of an Excel spreadsheet with a valuation model right now on our phones. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, I'm looking at that and I can see what's gone into it, but it's not always easy to um, explain exactly what's going on. And valuation is particularly hard for these high-growth, disruptive, innovative companies. But some of the most useful measures for valuation involve multiples, and a classic one is price-to-earnings. That that basically means, I know, how much would you be willing to pay for a company that makes a profit of £1 million a year if you know that it will make that profit or a little bit more going into the future? Normally, for really stable businesses, you might pay 10 times that or 12 times that. But this does fluctuate over time. And Tesla is not yet completely optimized for bottom line earnings. And it's going to continue to grow its earnings substantially in the future because it's expected to grow revenues substantially in the future. And CEO Elon Musk has often stated its goal of growing vehicle deliveries by 50% year over year for, well, years to come. Yeah, so just to reiterate that, the price to earnings ratio just describes how much you'd be willing to pay, as illustrated by the share price, for $1 of the company's earnings. At the minute, the price to earnings ratio for Tesla is around 52, which means that investors, on average, are willing to pay $52 for every dollar of earnings from Tesla, which is quite a bit. But I think it reflects the high expectations for growth that investors have from this company. Yeah, and it's also worth noting that multiples such as the price-to-earnings multiple are backwards-looking, and investing is a forward-looking game, which is just another thing that makes valuing these companies really quite difficult. So for anyone that's interested, I will briefly read off a few bits from our model. Now, this model forecasts through to the end of 2026. The base case assumes that Tesla will grow revenue at an average of 29% a year. It assumes that by 2026, it will have operating margins of 19% and it has a enterprise value to operating margin multiple. So, you know, we we spoke about price earnings. That's a multiple, but there's plenty of other different multiples that can be used to value companies. Um, And we've used enterprise value to operating profit of 37.5, which would give Tesla a share price of $382 
and that would be a 14% compound annual growth rate from Tesla's current share price today, which is $196. Now, our bull case scenario has Tesla's share price by 2026 being 1,114, representing a 42% compound annual growth rate. And our bear case scenario has Tesla's share price in 2026 being $194, which is basically flat from where it is today. Now, like we said, valuation, it it's very hard, particularly with a company like Tesla, it is very hard and one of the most difficult things to wrap your head around when it comes to investing. And we hope that hopefully sometime in 2023, we may be able to provide you with something that will do a lot more explaining in terms of how to value companies. But I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Just looking at what I see in terms of valuation, there's nothing here that would scare me too much from investing in Tesla at the current price. I don't think it is completely crazy considering all the potential that the company has and the fact that Tesla has executed phenomenally over the last few years. We kind of use a valuation model just to make sure that we're not paying an insane amount, particularly because over the last couple of years, we have seen some insane prices. So yeah, I, I mean, if, if Tesla achieves what we think it can achieve, then the current price looks reasonable enough. But obviously, there's a lot of future growth and future expectations baked into its current share price, which generally means that it does have more potential to fall sharply if the market does take a whack. Okay, so that was valuation. Now we're almost at the end. We can almost see the light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you for bearing with us. You know, so we've done all the hard work. We just have two more things to mention, and that is risks. And finally, just a summary. Uh, save the worst till last. But it is very important that when you invest in a company, you understand what the risks are. So in my eyes, there are a couple of main risks for Tesla. First is competition. Electric vehicles are growing in popularity and there are a number of new electric vehicle specialist car manufacturers as well as the incumbents who are all coming to do battle with Tesla. Clearly, Tesla has a huge head start, but shareholders should keep an eye on any competitors who appear to be closing this gap. The second risk primarily relates to China. Now, clearly, there are currently geopolitical tensions between the US and China, and China is also one of the most competitive markets for electric vehicles, and it's likely to grow and be the largest. But there is a risk of China favoring Chinese companies, and there are some impressive Chinese electric vehicle companies out there, such as NIO, Xpeng, or BYD. If Tesla is impacted by geopolitics, then it could suffer greatly. If we take a look at the last few years, China made up 26% of Tesla's overall revenue in 2021, up from just 12% in 2019. That is an insane annual growth rate of 116% a year over those last two years. And it could be a major issue for Tesla if sales in China start to ease up due to these geopolitical tensions. Another core risk for Tesla is the failure of its autonomous driving program. One of the reasons that Tesla is worth so much more than its competitors is because of the potential that full self-driving could bring to both the company and investors. It's been a long time coming, but eventually shareholders may lose patience if they fail to see autonomous driving come to fruition. Also, there's no doubt that Elon Musk as CEO is a double-edged sword. Some say that Tesla can't survive without him. Others say that he's going to blow up the company eventually. There's no telling exactly what he'll do next, but he's certainly not the most stable CEO in the world. 
meaning that this is undoubtedly a risk for investors to consider. That reminds me of that time when Donald Trump described himself as a stable genius. Certainly not a stable genius. Maybe. Allegedly. Wait, who? Trump or Elon Musk? Both. <laughs> I just remember when he called Tim Cook Tim Apple, so... <laughs> oh yeah, that was the joke earlier, <laughs> if you didn't. If you didn't get it, because I feel like no one actually remembers that apart from Jamie. I just found it hilarious that he called Tim Cook Tim Apple. Well, he's been at Apple for a long time. He has. He has, to be fair. The final risk is that of a recession, which we may or may not be in right now. While I think Tesla does benefit from secular tailwinds, I would not be surprised to see consumers cut back on spending for new, somewhat luxury cars. And I'd expect the automotive industry to be hit particularly hard. So there we have it. That is our analysis for Tesla constructed. And you can see here everything that we look at. Now, it's up to everyone as an individual to you know, look at a business, analyze it in a certain way. They may see advantages where others see disadvantages. They may think something is a problem where other people are completely okay with it. And that's what makes investing so interesting is the fact that two different people can look at exactly the same information and come to completely different conclusions and only time will tell which one of them is right. So once you put all this together, you have to take a look and decide whether or not you've seen enough that you like to make you want to invest in this business. Now, for disclosure, for me and Andrea, we are both Tesla shareholders. Andrea has been for much longer than I have. In fact, I used to actually be quite bearish on Tesla. I was always a bit put off by its valuation. I thought it was a little bit too overhyped. But after, I mean, you, you, know, you can see this analysis or you can hear this analysis. And I really do think there is a bright future ahead for this company. I mean, to be fair, since I first invested in Tesla, I think the company has done a complete turnaround. And you've seen that as well. So probably that was a factor in you finally deciding to buy Tesla as well. Definitely. And the recent fall in its price also helped. But the company has executed phenomenally over the last few years. And personally, I think that Tesla has a bright future. Even if I can't predict it with much certainty, there are so many tailwinds that I think are driving this brilliant company forward. And in my mind, the share price today offers a much more attractive risk reward profile than it did a year ago. And that is why I was happy to add this groundbreaking company to my investment portfolio. And reiterating once again, this is not financial advice. You should not listen to this and make investment decisions based solely on what you've heard in this podcast. If this has piqued your interest in Tesla, then by all means, go ahead and do your own research and come to your own conclusions. But yeah, this was more just to demonstrate how we construct an investment thesis or an investment analysis in a company. And we thought, why not use Tesla? Because it's one of the most interesting ones out there. Yeah, one of the most interesting and controversial ones. I think for a long time, I don't know if that's still the case, but for a long time, it felt like a love it or hate it type of company. There was no in between. Definitely. It definitely evoked very strong opinions. Also, another way to invest in Tesla, somewhat indirectly, is not to buy actual shares of Tesla, but buy shares of an S&P 500 fund. So the S&P 500 is a US stock market index that just has 500 large and leading companies from the US. And Tesla is actually in the top 10 holdings of that fund. I think it makes about 1.5% of the total value of the index. 
so you can buy a share of an S&P 500 fund and know that you will still be investing in Tesla a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think when you invest in individual companies, it kind of has to become something of a hobby. Obviously, it takes a lot of effort to put together an analysis like this. So investing in a fund like that can be a great way to access some of the best companies of our generation, but without having to put in as much time and effort. But for those of you who want to, and clearly we, we certainly do, we hope that this has been useful in terms of just giving some guidance on the things that we look for. And again, this is for our types of companies, which are high growth, innovative, mostly technology companies. But I think these are very important things to look at for most companies, even if they are a more stable, slower growing or dividend paying business. So there you have it. Episode six of season two of the Stocks and Savings podcast. We really hope you found this helpful. If you did, share it with a friend. Sharing is caring. And please give this episode a rating and a review. Since we are a new podcast, this would really help us to reach more people. See you next time.